And I'm back after that short, non-commercial break. She wanted to play with me, but I informed her mummy is a person too. And I need to have some time. I'm asking only for 20 minutes. I set them up with supper and Dora. Well, I get to do this. This is why being a podcast makes it easier. Because there's no way I get to have silence in the computer room. I'm literally hiding in the basement after making sure they were safe and secure. Mummies are people too. (laughs) But back to our show. So I ended at that. We took 10 minutes. I want to make sure this is only 20 minutes. So 10 minutes of the first point. Meditate 10 minutes a day of pure blank. And they will be able to get messages through to you. It just won't happen then. You'll feel them later. You need to think of nothing. 10 minutes, messages will come. That's that. On to the next points, which I will concise into 10 minutes. This is an interesting thing to just note. And I mentioned in the last episode, I've been obsessed uh, with reading David Wilcox books and uh, watching a show on Gaia, which that's where I started. And then he's so great. I went and I got his books by Audible subscription. And I discovered that I was able to do what he did. So he talks in his newest book. And honestly, he went on a little much about it, not explaining the this is about writing down your dreams. And I've, again, heard this all over the place. And I, again, did it hit and miss, hit and miss. But I never stuck with it, right? Sticking with stuff is hard. But we need to do it. So sticking with dream writing is another thing I've been doing. So also might be helping with the downloads. But this time I got a prophetic hit. And he talks all the time in his books about all the prophetic hits he got. Look at this dream. Look at what I knew. And it was like, okay, boring. So you probably don't care about what happened to me. But it just shows that writing down your dreams is just another way the universe can give you a nod. Now, I'm not the person to teach you about dreams. So again, go get your own books on dream interpretations and all those things, which it's all personal. But the key is to write it down. And then I found, instead of getting a dream dictionary, just Google it. What does dreaming about blah mean? And it'll pull up all the synchronicity, like milk. I had this one dream about milk and I looked up what it means. And oh my God, it was about going against my parents' milk and the deep meaning milk can have linked so much to what going and getting my parents' milk. I was biking on a tricycle in the winter into town and I'm from the country. So biking in a town would have been, hours days even um so that was not nothing and when I looked at the meaning of milk it was about some deep struggle of deepness I can't even remember exactly it just this I won't even bother you on what it opened my mind to about my family but and just the things I need to get over about my parents and stuff like that or just making sense of things it was just beautiful hit it on the nose the tricycle and the milk both linked it was amazing Um, But that's not my dream synchronicity. The dream synchronicity was this random dream I was having about being with my sister and, and then these two brothers on this roller coaster inside tunnel so we were on a roller coaster inside like this cave didn't make sense and we were and it was a department store the cave was a department store and these guys were taking us around to all these different sections and they were trying they were salesmen trying to teach it sell us teach us about the products and then sell us the products ultimately 
And the key here is the roller coaster inside caverns. And I guess stopping off at random locations because then that day, so that night I had the dream, got up, wrote it down. Then that night I'm reading Harry Potter to my daughter. We have the awesome, um, uh, the picture book, Harry Potter's, which you can get, which I super recommend, but, um, because then you can read them to your little kids. She's only five and they'll semi care. She's still not as into it as I am, but, um, I'm reading and right at the part, we've been reading this book for a year and we're only at the part of Harry Potter getting into Gringotts. And if you're Harry Potter fans, you would know that Harry Potter goes through basically a roller coaster in underground caverns as they stop from location to location. Because remember, Hagrid had to get the Philosopher's Stone and Harry had to get his money. So I know it's only two stops, but a hello roller coaster in underground cavern. Check check. I mean, I know that's not that amazing of a prophetic dream, but it's a beginning. Like I prophesized I was going to read the book and I've been reading it every night. So it's not like, um, I've been setting that as an intention too, to read that to her every night. Um, just a a couple pages because it doesn't hold her attention long. Um, obviously the other two kids are there too, but it's more for her, her, her sake. But yeah, so I prophesized the Gringotts thing because it didn't even make sense in the context of my dream. But that's why I just, not the dream stuff usually does, but just thought that was interesting. Uh, Next thing uh, is body, mind, spirit, literally separate entities. This was one of those uh, download epiphany things. And David Wilcock, this was in his newest book. He was saying, like, no, seriously, you hear this all the time, body, body, mind, spirit. Then you hear about people getting, and this is a separate thing you hear about voodoo where bodies come up to live. These are my own aha things. And you hear about people getting body organs um, and then getting downloads of the personality and you're like, is the soul still trapped in there? No. And then uh, you hear about like how our bodies dissolve into stardust and we return back to the stars in the universe. And that always scared scared me into my almost atheistic thing of like, okay, so I believe in the universe, but then what, we're still nothing? No, it hit like a cha. He says, no, quite seriously, body, mind, spirit, three different things. So your body, and they say, take care of it like it's somebody else. It is. Your body's alive being animated by your spirit, your soul, but it's separate. Your body is separately alive. Think about that. Think about that. Your body is separately alive. Like, I kept trying to tell this to my husband and, and, he, and he didn't. I'm like, no. He's like, think about it. He's like, I don't want to think about it. I'm like, no. Your body. Think about voodoo and them animating after. Think about zombies. Your body is separately alive right so it does die and become stardust again and it doesn't care it's a body it's like probably like different dimensional consciousness or it doesn't even have consciousness our consciousness is animating it but it is separately alive so that's why the body can die and our soul keeps going and then for the spirit so then our spirit and our personality is probably like this own separate identity which that i was already starting to grasp and then our higher soul and like a really high probably the one still connected to like God itself is its own thing. So we have like this mini spirit mind thing. And then we have our upper one with that. I was already starting to grasp, but the, but your body is separately alive. Just come on. Fireworks. Whoa. Whoa. Isn't that weird? I don't know. I thought that was weird. Just a really, Ooh, you know, that's, that's something. I don't know. It wasn't me. And, uh, we're running out of time here. So last thing, key to compassion, find your own. Mine is 
everybody's a baby to connect with my pure love of babies. Now this came, let's try to make this quick. This came from, I want to have a lot of kids. I have three and I wanted dozens. Um, and I'm talking to my brother and I think I decided on, well, no, no, no. I decided on four because I come from four and I wanted four, but we only have three, but my son has autism. So my husband said, okay, maybe that can he can count as two and it, I was boohooing to my brother about not having a fourth basically is the thing I'm, I'm saying because I really wanted another one and I want another girl because I have two boys and a girl but anyways he goes he's like you don't like kids you just like babies and it was like oh and then I've been kind of meditating on that thought myself like thinking about it like really letting it ruminate like it's true I love babies I love kids but kids like they start to become more of a challenge. My daughter's literally behind me right now and doesn't want me to do this. Like, they are extremely selfish. And don't get me wrong, I love my kids, but it becomes more of a challenge where I take care of my babies, like, awesome. Like, I love my babies. Like, when they're, I still have a baby. He's one, and I love him, and it breaks my heart to think that all oh, this is the last thing, but he hasn't started to sass yet. Like, once I start to sass, it's like, ugh. Like, and I still take care of my kids and I still love them, but they're very selfish. Like it's, and it blows your mind at how selfish they are. And I'm, and like, I know it's my job to teach you not to be selfish and I'm working on it and we're doing it, but wow, selfish. And then I have all these parenting things that I like, I'm not into super punishing. I'm not into like bossing around and control. I want them to be able to think for themselves, but like it gets really hard. And the next thing you know, you're yelling at them and you don't want to be the parent that yells at them. And it's like. I'm going down a different tangent. My point was on compassion. So this, I've learned that that's actually a different thing. My thing of compassion, because I keep trying to worry about, you know, like hobos and being compassionate to people who argue with. Maybe my thing, if I can just learn to be fully compassionate with my children, is like right there, like a stage one. So that's a separate thing I realized, is be compassionate with my children, like right there, if I can be fully compassionate. So when there's, cause my one son with autism screams all the time and he has autism and I'm joking wrong. I, I understand, but I'm still like, it's like a bubbling or it was like, it is, was bubbling angrily inside me. And I'd like be nice to him. Right. But inside I'm like, Oh, you know, like, cause having, he's now four scream at you and just blah, blah, blah. Won't talk about it. But it's like, it's really hard to know compassion. Right. Know that you should be compassionate, but to actually be compassionate, right? Two different things. So here is my exploding aha moment leading back to what my brother said of, I don't love kids. I love babies. Obviously, I love my kids. You love your kids, but I love all babies. Oh, I love babies. I'm just obsessed with babies, right? Like just a baby because they're so pure and who doesn't love a puppy or a kitten or any baby, right? Babies are so pure. They're so connected to source. They haven't gotten corrupted yet. They're not selfish. They just are helpless and they need your love. And anyways, it hit me when I was in speech therapy with my brother. Excuse my sip of a drink. I'm in, not with my brother. I'm in speech therapy with my son today and I'm actually there without any of the kids for once. Um, and I don't know how it came, but it just came. Oh, I think I was because I was trying to focus on being compassionate and it just hit like a download, like psh. I only love babies. Explode. Everybody's a baby. Think of everybody as a baby, right? Everybody's a baby. Like to me, that's my personal thing. You've got to find your own link. So all of a sudden, bam, I started imagining him as a baby. I started imagining the speech therapist as a baby. I started imagining the assistant as a baby. And this overwhelming love flooded through me. Like again, the inside Bobby body bubbles from head to toe, just like feeling the love, like true magic. Everybody's a baby. 
And I try afterwards, we were leaving and walking down the street. I'm like, you're a baby. You're a baby. And just truly feeling inside what that would feel like if they were a baby. And I was holding them. I love babies. And just bam, I was able to be compassionate to all these people I was looking around at. And even now, it just happened today. But just thinking like anytime I, anytime I, I want to feel cross about anything, I just think that they're a baby right? That love, that pure love you feel of baby. So for you, I think it's like, just like dreams. It's personal, right? Maybe you don't like babies. Maybe you're a baby hater, right? <laughs> maybe you love sports, bleh, but maybe you love hockey and it fills you with that. Like once you truly feel the feeling of compassion, now try to link it to something. Where else do you feel that feeling, right? So that way you can link it in and always feel that feeling when you want to feel compassion because Again, the subconscious, like your lower mind, yourself in general, it, it's sometimes really, oh God, all the time, really hard to feel compassionate unless you're in that truly dancing on sunshine, la, 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 la. No, right? You need to find your snap to that. That's that's what I was struggling with because yes, I know the answer is compassion. Like the your job should be compassion. To save the world is compassion. True compassion in all moments is enlightenment that is enlightenment when you're enlightened you walk around in the full feeling of constant compassion compassion is true love the universe is love like bam right just ah it just nailed on the head right just everybody's a baby so i'm gonna round this up real quick meditate 10 minutes a day find out what your baby is to link to compassion write down your dreams and that's the oh and your body's alive (laughs) ruminate on that i super love you because i have to and uh i'll talk to you later bye